Hey, welcome to Rush. Uh, welcome, welcome to Rush. Welcome to Permanent Waves, a Rush podcast. I'm Jared Grieco, your host. And uh, if you've been listening this far, thank you for downloading and or listening on Podbean or wherever you are getting our free podcast. I really appreciate you listening. Um, and I'm glad to hear from people who have been emailing me. My email will be is and will be on just about everywhere you see our name or our artwork or whatever. You'll find my email. Send me an email if you want to call in and talk some rush. That can absolutely happen. Uh, today we're talking instrumentals. Rush has got eight instrumentals, give or take, depending on what you count. And uh, we uh, we want to rank them. We want to talk about what our favorites are. I think it's fair to say that this is a list of my favorite instrumentals, not the best instrumental. Because if we're going to break it down in terms of music theory, <laughs> we can argue some would be higher than others because some of them are just fantastic uh, in terms of musicality and... Um, uh, what's the word they use in the violin world? Uh, I don't know. We'll think of it later. Uh, I'm going to bring in uh, a guest that we had on from last episode when we were talking uh, guitar solos, our best guitar solos. Check that episode out if you haven't heard it. And uh, this is Chad Whitco. How you doing, Chad? Doing good, man. Good to be back. Cool. Uh, yeah, you did a great job last time. I was really happy to have you on and... Uh, uh, I'm definitely pumped to be talking instrumentals this time with you. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Would you like to start at the bottom of the list? Sure, yeah. Um, like you mentioned, you know, they got more or less eight instrumentals. I know some people, you know, look at some of their songs and they have different, like, pieces of the songs, like pieces of 2112 or instrumental and all that. So uh, I didn't count anything like that. I just went straight full-on tracks uh, to the studio albums. Sure. Sorry, um, are you talking nope. are you talking like maybe the beginning of Cygnus Book Two? Yeah, you know, yeah, some okay. people are into that, you know, counting that as instrumental and, and those are definitely cool parts of those tracks, but you know, because there's there's vocals that come in on the you know, on the track as a complete whole, mm-hmm. you know, I I omitted those. Um so yeah, so uh in my number eight slot, um I have hope coming off of Snakes and Arrows. And the reason why I have hope at that slot you know, it's a great and wonderful piece, and we actually, I think, touched upon it a little bit last week when we talked about Alex's solos. Uh, you know, it's it's great. It's a really cool track, but it's not the whole band, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to compare that track to the other songs. So uh, for that, I kind of have it in my bottom slot. I, I have it in my bottom slot as well, and it hurts because sometimes it's what I sometimes it's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for something to listen to. It's everything. You know, it's such a great track such a great instrumental but like you said it's so tough to compare it to the others because and not not to say that it's not better than some of the others it's just so much different and part right. of me also says alex wrote it with some other guy i don't remember who it was but he co-wrote it with somebody and it's it pushes it even further from being getty and uh neil and alex you know um right at seven i have limbo and I think uh, we both agree we're going to hear it live on this tour. It's the only instrumental we haven't heard in a while. Um, and I love it. And I think it's up there with one of the most unique Rush songs. Certainly the most unique instrumental, I think. Um, and like it, like all of these, very enjoyable. I just think the others are better. Yeah. Um, you know, number seven for me is Limbo as well. Uh, <laughs> for all the reasons that you listed, you know, I... Out of all the instrumental tracks, if I'm going to, you know, pick one out to listen to, I got a few minutes in the car, want to jam out, you know, that's one of the few that 
you know, I don't I don't seek it out as much. And it's a cool song. It's got some cool vibes to it. And you know, it's it's not a bad track to begin with. But when you're comparing it to the rest of the list, it doesn't stand up. I don't think. Uh, but I do think you know, since you know the last group of tours have been covering a lot of these instrumentals, um, we're likely to see it on this upcoming tour. And I do hope to see it live because it would be cool to round out the list. Yeah, um, I would not be disappointed to hear that live. Yeah. Uh, what do you have in number six? Uh, I have, uh, well, this was a tough one for me. Uh, you know, once you start getting above these last two, it really does become hard. Uh, so, you know, if we're talking about favorites and not, you know, what I think is the best, uh, I actually have Where's My Thing. Um, and, you know, that's a really great track. And I, I come to appreciate it more off of seeing it live and, it really made me dig into looking to it more in the past and looking through the studio cut of it. Uh, I think it's a really good tune. It's got you know some really cool stuff, but I just couldn't place it higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I at number six, I have "Where's My Thing," <laughs> uh, the Gangster of Boats trilogy. I don't know what that means. <laughs> don't ask me. If somebody knows, holy crap! Please enlighten me on what the Gangster of Boats trilogy is. Well, I uh, think they list it. I think they list it as part four of the Gangster Boats trilogy. So it's, I think the whole, that, that whole part of it is just, you know, a big joke. It's just know? rush nonsense. <laughs> I think so. I think okay, it's I buy that. Um, and then later we get uh, Freeze, part four of Fear, which is a weird bunch of alliteration, but still uh, something equally as weird. Uh, so where's my thing? I think what's, I agree with what you said, Chad. I think what's cool about where's my thing is that, uh, if you're a Rush fan in the early 80s, you get moving pictures, you get YYZ, then you, and you love it. Then you get signals, and then you get Grace Under Pressure, then you get Power Windows, and then you get Hold Your Fire, oh my god, and then you get Presto, and you get no instrumentals on any of those. Right. And then you get Roll the Bones, and you're like, oh, okay. And guess what? Every album, uh, subtract Vapor Trails, since Where's My Thing has had uh, an instrumental on it. Right. So it's kind of cool in that respect. Uh, at number five, I have Malignant Narcissism, um, and it's you know it's in the back end of my list, despite it being one of my favorite tracks to play on the bass. When I was Snakes and Arrows came out, I was just I wasn't starting to play the bass guitar, but I was really getting into it, and it was just such a blast. And that riff in the middle where the whole band stops and Getty flies down the neck. When I first heard that, I thought it was the greatest thing he had ever written. Yeah, um, I guess it's my turn now. So in that slot, I also have Malignant Narcissism. Uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a great track coming off Snakes and Arrows. Uh, you know, it's cool that they had three going on. I think it's a cool piece. You know, it was recorded, I think, at the end of the process. You know, the studio time, a lot of the equipment was, was kind of gone. Uh, you know, Getty was just kind of jamming on a riff, I think, you know, and it was recorded over the vocal mic. And, uh, you know, they decided, hey, let's try this out. And at the time, it was just him and, and Neil. Neil had a four-piece kit left over in the studio. So they played it on the four-piece kit and a fretless bass of Jocko Pistorius, Fender Jazz. And um, Alex came back in at the end of the process and had this crazy track, you know, this heavy, you know, rhythmic section. And what's great about it is he found a really cool space to put his guitar work in. And it's a really fun, short piece. If it was longer, had a little more movement to it, I might have placed it higher. But 
that, that's where I place it, kind of in the middle. Part of me loves that it's so short. You know, a lot of their instrumentals are quite lengthy. Um, it, not lengthy, but normal length. And it's cool to have something that's uh, quick and to the point. Now, Chad, that reminds me, I think the two of us should do a, uh, a bass player exclusive Permanent Waves episode and just, we'll, we'll name it like Getty Lee Bass Geek Out or something. And it'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just break down his bass gear. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I would love to do that, and every bass yeah. player listening would love to hear it. And I think the guitarists and the the uh, the drummers might not appreciate it so much, but maybe we'll bring a guitarist on and talk Alex and his axes yeah. as well. So uh, yeah. go. By the way, everybody listening, um, Chad and I <laughs> talked, texted each other a few minutes before we did this podcast, and said, "All right, you know, uh, rank them any way you want. We'll talk on the podcast." We <laughs> we've been. Uh, eight, seven, six, and five have been identical so far. We haven't talked to each other about this, so uh, yeah, give, yeah, this is this isn't planned. <laughs> give me your number four. Uh, you ready for my next one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have YYZ coming in at that slot, and you know, for for a lot of people, you know, this is kind of like the quintessential Rush instrumental. Um, you look at Rush live in Rio, and you see the crowd in the soccer stadium just going ballistic. And you look at it and you're like, how can you place this song, you know, where it's placed? It should be number one. Uh, it's great, you know, it's just such a badass song. It's, you know, it's got some really cool bass playing, some cool drum work. Um, but there's reasons why I chose some of the other ones higher. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I have it there. Um, not that I don't love it. I really, really think sure. it's a cool track. And, you know, it gets all these nods for best bass playing, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, I think it was their first nomination for a Grammy back then mm-hmm. for like best rock instrumental performance. And I think they lost, I think they've lost every time they've been nominated for that yes. category. So I remember when yeah. malignant narcissism was nominated in 07 and they, they lost to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, at number four, I have Y Y Z. I'm going to oh say my Z. God, right. My, uh, my base teacher at school was from Canada and he said Z. So I'll say it. Um, I'm bugging out that we've got the same lists so far, but, uh, what's cool, I agree with everything you said, Chad, but what's cool about YYZ is that the beginning of it in my brain, and I wasn't around in the seventies in the, in the early eighties, uh, or any of the eighties, um, right, yeah, right. YYZ, the beginning of that in my brain is what metal was back then. That was like that, that opening, not just the, uh, the bells, and the symbols, but when the band comes in, that's what metal was. That was the heaviest metal there was in my head. Um, right. And like, it's just, it's a great thing. It's a great tune. Are uh, you ready for my number three? Yeah, let's go. Got, a, got about five more minutes here. I have Leave That Thing Alone from one of my favorite albums. And uh, another bass masterpiece. You can tell that was Getty wrote 90% of that tune. Uh, I, any song that incorporates uh, the meter of seven. I'm going to love it. That's one of my favorite meters. And in the middle of that song, they play in seven a bit. Um, and uh, the the fact that the bass has the melody is just so cool to me. And I think I read that Neil Peart at the, Neil Peart, excuse me, at the time uh, said, if I'm going to rush podcast, I better not mess up their names. Uh, Neil Peart said when, uh, leave that thing alone, when Counterparts was relatively new, that it was hands down their best instrumental they have ever done. And I thought that was super interesting. Uh, but I love it. What do you got? 
Um, th- we're going to have to diverge here for a little bit. Oh, know, no. The top, three, <laughs> the, top, the top three were so close. You asked me tomorrow, we might have been the same all the way up through. Why don't you give me um, your three and go back to leave that thing alone? Yeah, so I have uh, I have La Villa Strangiato as my uh, number three choice coming in off of Hemispheres. Um, you know, an exercise in self-indulgence, I think it's kind of the subtitle of the song. Uh, you know, it's a masterpiece. We talked a little bit about Alex's, you know, solo work on it last week. It's just, you know, it's all based on one of Alex's dreams. And it's, it's just, it's a complete track, you know, it's, it's got a, it's got it all for me with, with, uh, you know, instrumental work. It's got, you know, some really cool, you know, drum work from Neil, just kind of, you know, just basic stuff, you know, jazzy stuff going on. Uh, it's got Getty tearing it up in the middle. Uh, it's got some great movements in it, and it's it's one of my favorites. It could have been number one easily. You know, we're splitting hairs here for the, mm-hmm. the remaining three. Absolutely, I'm I'm with you. Where the, excuse me, the top three could be any in any order, and I wouldn't have an issue with it. Um, so now we're down to two. I might as well give you my two and my one and if you could do the same that'd be great i got la via second and i have main monkey business at number one and yes i'm a snakes and arrows homer i love snakes but i think that's the best instrumental that they've written what about you uh i have at number two uh leave that thing alone from counterparts and i have main monkey business as number one so we managed to get everything right but we swapped two and three that's pretty impressive yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know the counterpart counterparts track, you know, and I think as you said about you know do that thing alone. It's it's a really cool track. It's got some cool vibes, um, and you know, uh, watching it live, it's it's just got such a great feel. Um, you and I talked a little bit about Getty's uh, kind of solo work that he places at the end of that song, yep. as well as the solo work he places in the beginning of Where's My Thing on the last tour. And I really appreciate both, and I've come to appreciate Where's My Things intro a lot more over the last couple months. Um, but the composition he has on the other, you know, uh, pieces is, is great at the end. And Main Monkey Business coming in at number one, you know, it's it's just a solid track, man. It's 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 great. Um, I'll let you say what you want to say about it first, though. Part of what makes the main monkey business as well as its respective albums so great for me is how sonically perfect it is uh how the act the actual the sounds that you hear through your headphones are so crystal clear and it's still very heavy and it the sound holds its own holds its own uh you know the beginning of far cry like i feel like there's one of the rare times where alex really nailed his his tone and the band mm-hmm. as a whole, the drums sounded amazing on that album. I'm talking about the tone. Tone each drum and cymbal gives the player. Uh, I think that was Getty's best uh, instance where he dialed in his bass tone the best. The right amount of distortion, the right amount of treble, the right amount of punch. And um, especially live, too, I think he nailed it. And the, as a whole, I think that song is just got so much balls. You know, what I like about the track, and I think it really comes through, is I think that's one of the tracks when they recorded Snakes and Arrows that they recorded as a band on the floor at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of live feel, you know, the band's playing off each other. They're probably giving each other visual cues, and, and just that chemistry on stage, in a sense, is coming through, and it's coming through the recording, and I, I think it really does. 
uh, like you said, the tones are great. I think Neil's um, sounds on the on the drums on the album uh, are the best out of his last few albums. Uh, it's got just, you know, it's got just great, you know, adjustments up and down, and, and it's really got a nice, you know, I said this before through some of the other songs, it's got great movement to the song. Each member kind of gets their own, like, little spots here and there where their instrument really punches through, and I, you know, I think it's it's a masterpiece uh, amongst their, you know, instrumentals, and that's a tough thing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely at the top of my, whenever I take out my bass, not to practice, but to just jam out, uh, main monkey business without a doubt is on that list. No matter how long I'm sitting down to play, I've got to play that one. Um, it's a fun tune. So, uh, that's our list. I'm actually very, I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked that Chad and I were so close. Chad and I agree on a lot in terms of what we like best with the, uh, the rush material. So I guess it's not too much of a shock, right? Well, uh, you know, it's it's, it's not, but uh, I guess for the sake of the audience, you know, they might have liked it to be a lot, you know, flip, I guess, on its head. Uh, sure. So, yeah, it's a shock in some senses, uh, but not really in a lot of others. Yeah, know, I think. and I think the listeners need to remember that it's it's just our our list of favorites. Send me your list. You know, if, if you've got Limbo number one, then I'm going to tell everybody, hey, this guy put Limbo number one. <laughs> and it, you, yeah. uh, you might want to back that up, too, so I can... So I can read what you said, and uh, you won't get crucified like we might. Um, yeah, yeah. Look forward to hear. I look forward to hearing from everybody. And uh, we haven't decided what I'm, uh, what we're gonna do next week, but I'm sure we'll think of something. There's plenty to talk about, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be back very soon. Uh, Chad, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, no problem. You know, it's fun to go through these lists. I'm definitely stoked to see what some other people rank. You know. Uh, when we talked about the instrumental thing, it's like, oh, you know, it's only seven, eight tracks, whatever. Uh, it should be easy. Then you start looking at it, and you're like, no, this is actually a lot harder than, you know, picking 15 guitar tracks, you know, <laughs> solos out of 100 and some. Songs. I agree. This was much easier. <laughs> you get the, you got every song ever to choose from. It's kind of tough. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Chad, thank you, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening again. Thanks for downloading. Check out uh, our Knickerbocker podcast. I want to thank the Knickerbocker Network for hosting this podcast as well. This is Permanent Waves, a Rush podcast. We'll see you soon. Brought to you no, by. I say it. Brought to you by Knickerbocker.